0: The reading is from Genesis 12 on page 13 of the Church Bibles. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. That was brilliant. Uh, we're looking at Genesis 12. My name is Stephen. I'm the youth minister and we're kind of looking at, um, at, at different things in these first Sundays of the month. We're thinking about the God who speaks and today we're thinking about the God who speaks to Abraham. Um, and at the back of church are some of these funky little worksheet things. If you want to use them to help you go through the service, the some at the back of church. Do grab them. Have a look at the screen. This here is a death slide. Right. There's one at Knockhatch. Has anyone been on one of these before? Anyone had to go on these things? They're terrifying. Here's the view from the top. Look at that. That's scary. Um, we've got a video footage of someone going down the death so We're going to watch it. I'll put some tense music to it as well to make it exciting. Let's have a look at this. <laughs> Wow. That's scary, right? That's like a a vertical drop. It's not sliding, that's falling down. Oh, death slides. Um, Back when I was younger, there was a place near us called Monkey Business, which was like this this zone filled with foam and ball pit balls and slides. And at the centre was a death slide. And I looked at it and thought, no, thank you. Like, no! It's too scary. It's too steep. It's just too much. No, I'm not going on that. My brother, he's older than me, he was like loving life, like, like, like going down. He said to me, Stephen, trust me. It's so good. Trust me, you've got to go down. Trust me, it's safe. You won't die. Trust me, just go. Trust me, just go. Isn't that a bit like what Abraham, What God says to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 1? Have a little look there uh, on page 13. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. God says, trust me, leave everything behind that you know and care about and go and go somewhere. (laughs) Trust me, just go. This is crazy, right? Especially because um, uh, Abraham, he wouldn't have known God very well at all. Here's what the Bible says about Abraham. He says, uh, his family lived beyond the Euphrates and worshipped other gods. It's like, this guy, he wouldn't have known God. He wouldn't have known the voice speaking to him. And he has no idea where he's going. And yet God says, trust me. He doesn't know who's speaking. doesn't know where he's going. This is crazy. But he does know what he has to give up. Did you see that in verse, uh, in verse one? Leave your, your country, your people, and your father's household. Whew. You, you may notice those are like circles getting smaller and smaller and harder and harder things to leave behind. Country, quite big uh, people, father's household. We're going to sum up in three things. God says to Abraham to leave his home, uh, his family, and his blessing. To leave it all behind and say no to it. God says, trust me, leave it all and go somewhere. Like God's asking a lot of Abraham, right? Trust me, leave behind your home, your family and your blessing and go. Especially because Abraham has no idea where he's going. Uh, this here is um, my friend Ben. Uh, he and I go running together. Um, me and Ben went on this run that's gone down in history. Because it's going on in history because, see, Ben was in charge and I had no idea where we were going. And I hated it. Like, I could not cope. I was moping and moaning and groaning and grumbling the whole way around. Like, Ben, how much further? Ben, I hate this. This is the worst. How much longer? Because, like, it's hard to trust someone when you have no idea where you're going, isn't it? And think about Abraham. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know who's even talking to him. And yet God says, trust me, leave that stuff and go. God says, trust me. But that's not all God says. Have a look at verse two and verse three. God says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God says, leave behind your home, your family and blessing. Trust me and go, because I've got some great things in store for you. Some massive, mighty promises. In fact, John Stott said this. It may truly be said without exaggeration that not only the rest of the Old Testament, but the whole of the New Testament, an outworking of these promises in Genesis 12 of God. These are mighty, massive promises. And we're going to sum it up by saying this. See, God says, leave your home, family and blessing, because I'm going to give you a forever home, a forever family and forever blessing. Did you see that? Have a look at verse one. God says, I'm going to give you some land. This is the forever home he's talking about. Verse two, making us a great nation, a forever people. Uh, uh, and then bless, 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 forever f- blessing. God says, trust me, Leave your home, family, and blessing, because I'm going to give you a forever home, family, and blessing, and it's going to be awesome and amazing. And if you know your Bibles well, you'll realize that these three things are like a complete reverse of Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, when God's people, Adam and Eve, are kicked out of their home, the Garden of Eden, because of sin. Adam and Eve um, are abandoned by God because of their sin. Adam and Eve are cursed because of their sin. Here in Genesis 12, this is a complete reversal of the curse. This is God's plan to sort out sin. No longer will we be homeless, um, abandoned and cursed. Instead, there is a home, a family and blessing to be part of. This is God's plan to reverse the curse. This is awesome. And just think about it. It's all coming for a man called Abraham who worshipped other gods. He doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve to be the centre of God's plans, and yet he is. This is scandalous, incredible, amazing grace, isn't it? Because look at verse 3. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The entire world will be blessed through this man, Abraham. God says, trust me, leave your home, family and blessing, because I've got some great things in store for you. So will Abraham go? We'll find out in the next little bit. But the reason this is important for us is because, well, that same offer that God says to Abraham is what he says to each one of us here. He says to each one of us here, he says, leave your old way of life, your sinful self-centeredness. Leave that behind and follow me. Because I will give you a forever home, forever family and forever blessing. And actually, isn't that just what every single human being is looking for? All of us are longing for a home where we belong. We can be ourselves. All of us are longing for a family where we're unconditionally loved. And all of us are looking for blessing. Like a life that's free from pain and sickness and sadness and death that goes on forever. All of us are longing for that stuff. And God says, trust me, it can be yours. (laughs) Wow. And so... The question is, will you trust God? Because if you will, he promises those things. And it may seem like you're sitting at the top of that death slide. See, back in monkey business, um, my brother, he was tired of me wimping out. He said, Stephen, Stephen, watch this. And he made me sit at the bottom of the slide and watch him climb up to the top. He made me watch him sit at the top of the slide. He made me watch him slide, fall, drop, plummet down the slide thing, right? He made me watch him. And as I did, I saw something amazing. Not only was Michael safe, but my big brother Michael, he was loving life. He was having such a good time sliding down. And see, I wanted to go on the slide because Michael had gone first. I knew I could go on the slide because Michael had gone first. Suddenly it all made sense. And see, for us here in the room, if trusting God seems like a big step of faith, a big scary thing to do, well, know this. Jesus has gone first. Jesus has gone first. This is how we know that God is trustworthy, because Jesus, God's son, left his home in glory to die on a cross. Jesus, God's son, was abandoned by his friends and forsaken by his father as he died on the cross. Jesus, God's son, died as a cursed man, Galatians 3 tells us, on the cross. He was homeless, abandoned and cursed as he died on that cross. So that if we trust our God, if we trust in him, we can have a forever home, a forever family, and forever blessing that never ends. This is awesome. Jesus is how we know that God is trustworthy. And so if we find it hard to trust God, hard to give things up for God, look at Jesus. Gaze at the cross. The one who gave up everything so that we can have those blessings. God says, trust me. Will you trust God? Verse 2 by...
0: So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, and his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of a great tree of mora at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards Negev.
1: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Thomas. In 2014, I did something really, really, really scary for me. I moved away from London, from London, the place I love with its smog, with, 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 with its lovely tube system, with its nice Donna kebabs, and my family and my dogs, I moved away down to Hove, where there's no smog, where there's no good kebab shop, where, 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 where there's no tube system, where there's no dogs of mine. And why, you ask, did I make such a big move down here, away from such good, good things? Because of Lizzie. Oh. At that time, Lizzie and I, we, we were dating and I moved down to Hove to be near her because cause, cause I, I realised something, right? That a future with Lizzie was far greater than any possible future without her. Ah, oh, thanks. That's, that, was your clue. That, was, that was your cue. Um, I realised that a future with Lizzie was far greater than any without her. Yes, I was, I was losing out on smog. Yes, I was missing out on kebabs. But I had Lizzie. It didn't matter. And now we're, now we're married. Oh, amazing. Um, remember Abraham? God says to him, leave your home, your family, your blessing, and, and trust me. Um, would you do that, by the way? Would you leave Hove, the place you love, with, with George Street and the Flowerpot Bakery Cafe and Co-op? Would you leave your family and your friends? Would you leave your house and your money and stuff and go? Have a look what Abraham does in verse 4. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him. What? This is so shocking for us here in 2020. I mean, we're, we are suspicious people, aren't we? We love GDPR, safeguarding stuff. We're scared of strangers. Uh, and yet Abram goes, following a strange voice, to a strange country, not knowing where he's going. Wow. He trusts God. God says, trust me, And Abraham does. He leaves all of this behind and goes. What a great example to us. He doesn't have all the answers, but he still trusts God. For us, we don't need to have all the answers with our faith. We don't need to know everything about the Bible and about God. We just need to trust him. Because I think Abraham goes because of the same reason I moved to Hove. Only I mean, not about Lizzie. Uh, I think Abraham goes because he kind of realizes that a future with God is far greater than any possible future without God. Uh, yes, it costs him a lot to leave that stuff behind, but he knows that the rewards of following God are far greater. Here's what um, J. C. Ryle says about this kind of stuff. He says, "It may cost much to be a Christian, but you may be sure it pays." Aren't those words incredible? Abraham realized that leaving that stuff behind was worth it because following God is so much greater. Do we realize that too? Do we realize that a future with God is far greater than any future without him? Because Abraham did. In fact, this is faith. Faith is trusting God. And here's what Hebrews 11 says. 11 says by, Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He had no clue, and yet he still trusted God. That's faith, trusting God. And in fact, have a look at verse 5. Uh, this is brilliant. Abraham took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and they set out for the land of Canaan. So, He takes people with him in his faith. Abraham realises, right, that the greatest need for his wife and his nephew is that they know God. The greatest need for those closest to him was that they know God and same for us too. The greatest need for those closest to us is that they know God. For our wives, for our nephews, for our kids, uh, for our best friends, for for, for our grandchildren. The greatest need of those guys and girls is that they know God. Parents, the greatest need for your kids is not good grades. It's not. It's not a comfortable life. It's that they know God. So take them with you in your faith journey. That's what Abraham does. I know it's hard. I know it's a massive slog sometimes when the kids are fighting back and saying, no, I don't want to go to church, but keep going, keep pushing, keep encouraging them. Take them with you. That's what Abraham does. And it's awesome. He takes this motley crew with him and they travel a long, long way. We reckon it's nearly 800 kilometers. So they go from Haran um, up there uh, down to Cana down there. They've just left uh, a few years back, 800 kilometres. That's a long way of not knowing where you're going. That's a long way of wandering. Um, that is a long way. Roughly, that's the same distance from here, for us from here in Hove to Dundee in Scotland. That's a long way. He goes that far with no cars, no planes, no boats, no motorbikes, and he walks and he walks and he walks. Roughly about a whole month of walking and wandering and not knowing where he's going. What incredible faith. God says, trust me, and Abraham does. If that was me, I'd be freaking out the whole way. Where are we going? Oh, how much further? But Abraham goes. And they arrive at Cana. Have a look at verse 7. There, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. This is a big moment in the Bible because this is the first moment since Genesis 3 when God appears to somebody. And I think God appears to Abraham because what he's asking him to do is just so ridiculous and seems so impossible. Abraham needs some encouragement. It's almost like God's saying, trust me, even when it seems impossible. It's like God saying, trust me, even when it seems impossible. Because standing there, on the edge of Cana, those three promises God made to Abraham seem ridiculous, impossible, and then some. Let's have a look at them. The first one, forever home. Have a look at verse 6 in the Bibles. Um, at that time, the Canaanites... Oh, were in the land. <laughs> um... God, there's people in the land you're promising to give me. Forever home? That seems impossible! What well, about forever family? Well, have a look at Genesis 11, verse 30. Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. That's a slight problem there. And also, did anyone see how old Abraham was? Anyone want to shout out how old they see Abraham is? Anyone notice? Yes, team 75. Brilliant. And Sarai she would have been 65. Now, that's old for making babies, right? The, the, the oldest couple, um, natural birth people in uh, on, on history, is a, um, a woman aged 59 and a man aged 64. So Abraham and Sarai are past their best before dates, right? Forever family, impossible! And then, blessing. Well, forever blessing? God wants to bless the entire world Currently alive today, 7 billion people through one man. The scale of that just seems ridiculous, seems impossible, seems like no way. Impossible. And yet, God says, trust me, even when it seems impossible. God says, trust me, even when it looks impossible, I've got this. And what Abraham does next, oh my word is awesome. But before that, let me tell you about... Um, this man here, oh, that, 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 that's his daughter, um, this, this, this daughter's father, she, he wanted called Jeremiah Heaton, he wanted to um, give his daughter the best birthday present ever. So, <laughs> dad's advice for you, little tip. He, he looked on the internet um, for uh, unclaimed land in the world, and he found this patch of land between Egypt and Sudan, 800 square miles of, of unclaimed land. And so, he went uh, with his flag on his daughter's birthday and jams it in this desert patch in the middle of this this land and claims it for his daughter. He wants to make her a princess and so he gives her a whole kingdom that's hers. Like Crazy. Um, So I thought I'd take his example. Uh, I've got my own flag. Uh, This is my flag with my favourite toy on it. And I thought I'd claim a bit of church for my own. And I thought this this pulpit up here is a nice bit of church to claim. So there we go, Stephen's land, the kingdom of Stephen. Yes, I've got some church. That's mine now. Because see, that's what this guy here does. But that's also what, what Abraham does. Have a look at Genesis 12. Because if I was Abraham and faced with these impossibilities, I'd be like, God, this looks ridiculous. God, this is not going to happen. No way. No chance. Yeah, Abraham does two things which are truly remarkable. Verse six. Oh, sorry, verse seven. Um, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord. And then verse eight, um, with Bethel on the west and I on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord. He, he builds these two altars. And see, these are like flag in the ground moments. The first one, he builds at the great tree of Mora. This is like a a Canaanite place of worship. And he builds this altar there to say, basically, this land is my God's land. My people will worship my God right here. Forget your Canaanite gods. And then he goes to Bethlehem, and and that's like um, in the heart of the promised land. And he builds an altar there. It's like he's saying, this land is my God's land. I'm claiming it for him. The only things he leaves in the promised land are these two altars. Symbols that this is God's land. Isn't that awesome? What faith! Abraham uh, trusts God even when it looks impossible. God says, trust me, even when it seems impossible. And Abraham does and he builds these two altars. What an awesome, awesome picture of faith for us. And in fact, this is one of the themes of of, of Abraham and Sarai's life. They kind of realize that God is the God of the impossible. Uh, In fact, um, Genesis 18 verse 14 kind of sums up their life. It's on page 18 of the Bibles. Uh, This is like their summary verse, kind of. They learn this. They learn, is anything too hard for the Lord? See, they learn that their God is the God of the impossible. They they learn their God turns the impossible into the possible. And so they can trust him. And that's the same for every single one of us here. God turns the impossible into possible. Because our faith will often look impossible to the outside world, won't it? When we're sitting in biology class, right? And a teacher's saying to us, There is no way that God made the world, no way that God made humans. And everyone's mocking the Christian worldview. In that moment, when you find it easy to start thinking that way, trust God. He says, I made this world. You can trust me. Or or as you start getting older and older and the world will say to you, live your best life when you are young. As you get older, there's nothing else after death. And you start buying into that. God says trust me the best is yet to come look forward or or when god's views on when the bible's views on gender and sexuality seem ridiculous god says trust me i've got it right when god's way of love seems impossible to live out god says trust me it's the best when we're faced with darkness uh, and family struggles and anxiety looms and depression starts gathering on us god says trust me i'm with you in the darkness God says, trust me, even when it seems impossible. And that can be really hard, can't it? It can be really hard to trust God when life is hard. So we look at Jesus. God's given us the ultimate sign, the ultimate symbol that we can trust God. Jesus. Jesus. In 2 Corinthians uh, 1 verse 20, Paul says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Jesus is the reason we know God is trustworthy. He is the answer to all of Abraham's promises, forever home, family, blessing. They're all true in Jesus. In fact, look at verse 7 of Genesis 12. The Lord says to Abraham, to your offspring I will give this land. He's talking about Jesus there. Jesus is the answer to all these impossible promises. See, he's how we know that God is trustworthy. In Jesus, God turns the impossible into possible. And so we can trust our God, even when it's hard. So if you are struggling to trust God, if you're finding life too difficult to believe what God says, look at the cross, look at Jesus, gaze At why God is trustworthy. See, God says, trust me, even when it seems impossible. And we can trust our God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for Abraham's example of faith. Thank you that he walks and he goes and he takes people with him because he knows a future with you is better than a future without. Father, would we know those same things? Help us to trust you even when it's hard and when we are finding it hard to trust, when we're being mocked or ridiculed or really struggling under the weight of life. Would we look at the cross and see Jesus, the ultimate reason how we know you are trustworthy? Thank you, God, that you are the impossible God who can do impossible things. Amen.